Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast, Inside Polling. It's great to have everybody. I want to welcome all the new listeners, of course. This is the time of the of the year when we do get a lot of new listeners. People are starting to get interested. Non-maybe political people that live and breathe this every day. I could totally understand why you wouldn't. Um, but it's great having you. And of course, all the loyal listeners, it's great to uh, have you back listening to another podcast too. Uh, for all the new people, I just want to say we are uh, always down the middle. We're always giving the facts. I rarely will give my opinion. Who really cares about that anyway? Let's give you facts. Let's give you all the polls. Let's see which way the winds are blowing, who is in the lead, what's going to happen. And hopefully I can kind of give you a little inside tip on where things stand and where things may be going. Last time we discussed... Uh, Biden's approval rating kind of finding a, a consolidation number of somewhere between 42, maybe 44, something in that range. And after rising up from 38-ish um, and gaining uh, five, six points, which was a really a strong move by the Democrats, definitely needed. Of course, we had the huge Supreme Court decision, which I didn't really agree with, but uh obviously had happened, which gave the Democrats a lifeline. And boy, have they taken that lifeline. Now, I talked a little bit last time also about some of the pluses and minuses of only living on one issue. And how long do issues last for in politics? There's, there's, there's an old, old saying, of course, that things don't, the bad news doesn't last too long in politics. Meaning, Something that breaks today, oh my gosh, you know, is a huge issue for a week or two and starts to die off. Now, this abortion issue was different. This was a sensitive topic. This got people talking. This got the press talking. This had every Dem now, like we talked about, got jumped on their lifeboat. And this was the issue they had to run on because this is really the only issue. Because remember, the Republicans have been basically owned this election for a year. Biden had been stumbling and bumbling all over the place. The policies that, that the Dems ran on last November, which was their first year since Biden got elected, uh, they got devastating results in Virginia, devastating results in New Jersey and other states also and other topics. Uh, the anti-police, the education, schooling. I mean, we can go on and on about where Dems were heading. They instantly put the brakes on knowing that, the, that where they were heading was not the right direction, which is something we had talked about in these podcasts. Now, Taking us to July, the Republicans had owned uh, this election, and now, of course, Supreme Court jumps in, makes this incredibly hot topic on abortion, which, which we really, as a country, have not really discussed publicly since the 80s, maybe even earlier. So that changed dramatically what happened. The Dems had something to run on. The, the Republicans were put on their heels and we discussed those polling numbers of what happened. Biden jumping up six, five, six, seven points. Uh, the Dems catching the Republicans and taking the lead on that on that specific generic question we always discuss. Do you want a Republican? Do you want a Democrat uh, in the Congress? And no names, but just that question. And the Democrats, after, after, after the Republicans having a ginormous lead nationally, the Re Dems caught and passed the Republicans, and took the lead. Incredible, incredible movement, how something, one issue, one issue, 
just when the Republicans had the women vote coming their way, just as they started getting Hispanic vote coming their way, Latino vote, all of a sudden, one one trigger and things can change. So we discussed that. We also talked about a little bit of the tightening in the Senate polls. And would that continue to tighten? Would that continue to tighten? Would it loosen? Would, would this abortion issue con- continue to give the, the Dems a push? Or... Or has time started to run out? Meaning, are there other topics creeping in? I mentioned to you last time, it's a super critical thing that I I really thought was important. The Dems were all, every single Democrat is sitting on one lifeboat, sitting on the middle of the ocean on this one issue, screaming as loud as they can about these abortion rights. Now, after a week, yes. A month, yes. After two months, would it start to wear off? You're an independent woman, woman with maybe two children in school. Is the abortion issue your number one issue you worry about every single day? Or would it be economy? Or would it be crime? Or would it be immigration? Or would it be your 401k? Or would it be about your job? Or would it be about gas prices? So I felt that they were going to start to run out of juice. When you put everything into one bullet, what happens if you miss? It worked for a while because that's the only thing they had. Now, we're going to take you through the polls now. We're going to take you through Biden's approvals numbers. We're going to take you through that congressional question. We're going to take you through all the hot Senate seats that we discussed last time. And I hope to give you a real good flavor with, what do we got, 20 days? So basically almost 19 days. Um until this election. And of course, just to give you a quick review, I know this is boring for some, every congressional seat is up. The Democrats uh, control the Congress. The Democrats control the Senate. About a third of the Senate seats are up. There's about six or seven hot ones that are gonna that are gonna depend. And that's a t- and that's a tie right now in the Senate. But of course, the Dems do control the Senate because of they have uh, pr- uh, Vice President Harris. Um, has the tie-breaking vote. And of course, the, the uh, President Biden is a Democrat. So all three houses, and this is the midterm, which generally, generally, uh, you'll get a little bit of a backlash in someone's midterm. And it generally goes to the other the other party, which of course would be the Republicans. So can the Republicans take over the House? Can the Republicans take over the Senate? And of course, the presidency we have in two years. And, of, and we have Biden's big decision coming up in a couple months, he has to make. Think about it. A couple months. He maybe has three, four, five months, maybe, to make a big decision. Is he running again? He's got to come out. Because, I mean, I hate to say this, but another year, we're talking about primary de- primary debates. Can you believe that? Wow. Let's get to it. So, Biden's approval rating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through just the approval numbers of the last about 10 polls that have come out since I was with you last 10 days ago. Uh, we have a approval number of 40, 39, 46, 39, 42, 46, 44, 44, and 40. Where does that get us? It gets us around 42.8%. That is a up to the second approval rating, 42.8, okay? So again, solidified pretty much around the same as the last time I talked to you. Biden's disapprovals have gone up a hair, a hair approvals have stayed about the same 
uh, maybe even crawled up a little bit of a half a point, but his disapprovals have gone up a little bit here. Okay, and you're going to see that from, from the independents. And remember now, this show is about independence. This show is not about, I'm not here, you know, to say, oh, you know, we're pro-Democrat. Oh, we're pro-Republican. Oh, you know, I'm Fox. I'm CNN. God help us all. No, thank you. Uh, I'm here to bring you the facts straight down the middle and give you the update of, of where we are. So let's go to that big question. Dem versus Repub, right? Which one would you like to see uh, in office in Congress? That's basically how the question is is given to uh, to all the people that take polls. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through. Let's say I'll take you through around about ten polls. Ten the last ten polls. Let's let's go through, and they call this a generic congressional question. Now, just to give you a quick review. Republicans were up by a big number, five, six points, have controlled this question for a year. The uh, Supreme Court with the abortion issue came, the Dems caught and surpassed the Republicans and were up by one point. Incredible. Incredible. Now, what has happened since? We talked last time that the, um, the Republicans had about a less than a point lead. Okay, less than a point lead. Where does it stand today, about 10 days later? The Republicans now, and I'm going to take you through a few polls. Let me give you the last, um, oh, let's take you back the last 10 days or so since the last time I was with you. We've got Republicans by four, Republicans by three. We have a tie, Democrats by four, Democrats by two, Republicans by one, Republicans by four, Republicans by five, Republicans by six, Republicans by two, and Democrats by one. This gives the de- this gives the Republicans, excuse me, and I'm going to give you the update to the second. This is Wednesday, October 19th. Uh, the Republicans now have a lead of 3.1%. So think about that. Think about what's happened. And the question is why, right? So Republicans have a lead for a year. Dems come screaming back with the abortion issue, live and die by it. And now... Right. The world starts changing again. Another topic comes up. Right, We've got gas prices now creeping back up. We have inflation issues. Don't open your 401k. It's a nightmare. Your stocks, it's a disaster. The things start to get tight. Look at the interest rates. I mean, are you kidding me? Right, Everyone was buying a home. No problem. Now you just put a, the government puts a halt to that. And then you start to see, now this is politics, but it's also gamemanship. Biden, oh, we're, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, the, with your student loans, right? Take those back. Try to get the young, you know, the the maybe the 35-year-old and, and younger uh, voter on their side. We have the uh, mar- marijuana crime where we're going we're gonna to take away a lot of the smaller crimes for drug use right? Great for the minority votes and great for younger voters that may have had issues, right? We're, we're consolidating our base. Again, a smart move by Biden, but, you know, we, we, we have, and of course, now we have the gas. He's begging OPEC not to drive up the prices. And what does OPEC do? It doesn't listen to him. So now we have to empty out some barrels that we have in, in our backyard and sell those off and try to lower these prices down. He's scrambling. He's got 20 days away. Now, here's the issue with that. People see through that a little bit. Is it 
Are people feeling that in their pocket right now? And, and, and with social media now, this comes out, right? You hear Biden come, oh, you know, are people thrilled with, with the college or the maybe the, um, the criminal, um, maybe you're arrested for marijuana use and, and you know, is, is that a big topic? The common independent person, this is what we have to think about in politics. You're not, you know, if you're a Democrat, a hardcore Democrat, you're a hard, hardcore Republican, you're not changing your vote. It's this independent vote we always talk, always talk about. So I want to take you through uh, one of these polls, and we're going to just walk you through a few reasons why, and because I can tell you why, and I, and I know that the winds are starting to blow again, and, and, and again, that independent woman at home who was going to vote Republican, didn't like what Biden was doing, didn't like what, what the Dems were, were offering last November, and why would I vote Democrat? right? As, as, as an independent woman. Now, the abortion issue comes up, I swing. Now, two months, three months go by. Wait a minute, is that, is, is that my number one issue? Is that my number one issue? When I go in to vote in, in 20 days, is that my number one issue? Or is it things that are maybe happening at home or in my pocketbook? And that's what I thought would happen. And look what's happened. We got a basically almost a two point gain. No, more, I'm sorry, more than a two point gain, a two point like three gain of Republicans in the last 10 days since I've been with you. So let's go through it. And I, I pulled out a New York Times because it's New York Times and Siena, which Siena is thought of as a very good polling company. And New York Times, listen, it's going to be hated by the, the uh, Republicans, but liked by the, by the Democrats. But, uh, you know, listen, it's a pretty fair poll. I'm going to start you off with, with the poll themselves. Which one would you prefer, Republican or Democrat? This poll is now 48%, 48 and change for Republicans and 45 for Dems. That's a three-point lead for Republicans in a, in a New York Times-Siena poll. Around the country, of course, right? Now, the Dems, a month, uh, actually not even a month ago, a couple weeks ago, the Dems had a one-point lead in this. Republicans have a three-point lead now. That's a four-point swing. Four-point swing. Why? Men... Republicans by five. Women, you ready for this? I mean, are you ready for this question? 47-47. Split with women, Republican and Democrat. That's with the abortion issue on the table. Imagine, imagine if the Supreme Court didn't make that decision. How much of a, of a red wave this would be. This would be a blowout that we almost have probably have never seen before. But look at this split, 47-47 with women. So I'm going to give you an, an insane number. This is the number. You want, to, you want to shock your friends tomorrow? Talk about this number. In September, okay, which is what, a couple weeks ago when this poll came out, independent women only, okay, remember, independent women only were going to vote Democrat by 14 points. Independent women were going to vote Democrat by 14 points. Do you know what it is now? Independent women, not all women, independent women. Republican by 18 points. I mean, what is that? A 32 points? What is that? Yeah, 30, 32 point swing. And that's what this show is all about. 
I don't care that we're all, you know, we have our party that we love or this and that. That doesn't matter in, in politics. It's, it's the independent voter. 32-point swing with independent women with the abortion on the table. And what are the Dems doing right now? They're sitting there on a raft on one issue. Meanwhile, the Republicans are running ads on what? Running ads on Biden, running ads on the economy, running ads on your 401, running ads on uh, immigration, running ads on crime. And what are, what are the Dems running ads on? Abortion. They're going to run out of gas on that issue. I talked about it last time, and they're going to run out of gas hard. So they only have 20 days to go, and boy, it's getting late in the game to think about switching. They don't have much to switch on, right? Who are you going to put out there? You're going to put out Biden out there? Obama's not going anywhere. So you're going to, you can't race Biden out there because no one wants to have Biden in, in their state. You got a president that no one wants that you, you can't be out there. And I, I mentioned this last time. They have to pull Biden out. I, you, you can't have Biden out there giving any speeches, basically, for the next 20 days. This guy gets out there. He got out there the other day, right? We, we, and he, what's he say? He's reading a a, a dot com uh, for for the uh, the college application, and and what's he reading? He says instead of saying dot you know dot com or whatever the hell it was, he says D O T, Joe, I mean, get him off the stage. Do you know what that does? People say, oh, that's okay, right? No, no, no. You can't say the word D O T when he's reading off reading off the, the, the screen. Reading a speech, you can't even get through a speech. So they got to pull them out. And so what a Dems going to run on? They run on this one thing. So look at that independent vote, thirty-two point swing. Let's go through eighteen to twenty-nine year olds real quick. They have a Dems have a twelve-point lead, fifty-two to forty. Thirty to forty-four years old, it's fifty to forty-one Dem. So the Dems have a nine-point lead from ages thirty to forty-four. Forty-five to sixty-four. Right, it's a big group. I'm in that group. You got a 59 Republican, 38 Dem. You got a 21 point lead from 45 year olds to 64. So 65 and older, 65 and older, you got a 48 48 tie. In the old days, the older voters would be Republican. Now look, the big workforce out there, 45 to 64, the older workforce. You got a 21-point uh, lead for Republicans. White, you have a 55 to 40% vote. That's a 15-point lead for Republicans. Hispanic is 60 to 34 Dems. That number, now you say, wow, that's a blowout, right? What's that, 26 points, something like that? 34 point of Hispanics to vote Republican is a major inroads for Republicans. They love that number. If you can pull... 34 of Latino vote percentage out in, in, in around the country, that is an incredible number for them because they're making inroads on the Latino voter. Black voters, 78% Dems still. 18% Republican though. Isn't that interesting? 18% Republican. Uh, you have bachelor degree or higher is a, nine, is a I'm sorry, a 13 point, uh, 14 point lead for the Dems, okay? No bachelor, it flips the other way, basically the same, same, basically the same numbers. Basically a 15 point win for Republicans. So I'm gonna read you just one quote the New York Times picked up here. 
And this is from, well, I'll just I'll read. It's just too quick. It's just a, a paragraph. I'm shifting more towards Republican because I feel like they're geared towards business, said Robin, Robin Ackerman, a 37-year-old Democrat and mortgage loan officer who lives in Newcastle, Delaware, and is planning to vote Republican this fall. Ms. Ackerman said she disagreed 1,000% with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade and erase the national right to an abortion. But... That doesn't really have to do a lot to do with my decision, she said, of her fall vote. I'm worried about other things. So, guys, this is where we are nationally, okay? And then you got Biden out there. What's he saying, right? A couple days ago, this economy's strong as hell, right? And Joe, come on, spell out dot, right? D-O-T dot com. <laughs> Jesus, my God. Um... Anyway, this leads us now to, we got Biden basically consolidating. We've got the Republicans making a move nationally on the question of Republican versus Democrat. And now what does that do to our Senate seats? Last time we talked about some, you know, what do we have, about seven Senate seats. Um, we got a lot happening here, a lot happening. And, I'm, and you know where I'm going to go with this already, right? You know what's happening. Nationally, Republicans are going to start to squeeze and push, push, push. Now, if you give Republicans two extra percentage points in the last 10 days, well, if that stays where it is, it should be really fascinating. Where does it go from here? Do Republicans continue to push now? Do Republicans continue to increase that lead over Democrats? How does that relate to the Senate? How does that relate to the House? So... Um, I'm going to take you through a bunch of the Senate seats and and let's go through and start with, like we did last time, we started with Arizona. Remember, we had Kelly at around a five-point lead a couple days ago, maybe 4.6. And I'm going to read you, this is now, this is Kelly out in, out in Arizona who won a two-year election. He's now going for his six-year Senate seat. This is the, the true Senate seat. He's going against Masters, the Republican. Remember, this is a Democratic-held seat. The Dems were, um, obviously, this was a hopeful run for Republicans. Probably not probable, since Kelly is a really good candidate. We do not have a lot of uh, can good candidates, by the way, on both sides of the aisle on some of these Senate seats. But for every Fetterman and Walker, we've got a good one with Kelly in Arizona. Now, I'm going to read you some of the polls, the last four polls that I've had since I was with you last. Kelly plus three, Kelly plus four, Kelly plus two, and Kelly plus one. Now, four, eight, 12, 16. We got about 16 polls since these two were decided on who was going to run against after, after the uh, primaries were over. Masters the Republican has not led one poll. Let me repeat that. Masters the Republican has not led one poll in Arizona. But when we look at where the polls were, Kelly at 8, Kelly 4, Kelly 6, Kelly 2, Kelly 8, Kelly 7, Kelly 5. And now over the last 10 days, you look at Kelly 3, Kelly 4, Kelly 2, Kelly 1. Well, now we have a Kelly 2.5 lead. I mean, if Masters ever catches Kelly in Arizona, you can kiss the Senate goodbye for the Dems. Because Kelly's a great candidate in a good state and a solid, solid candidate. But Arizona's really interesting. You got a governor's race there, which the Republican was not doing well, but has continued to do well and has probably almost taken the lead there. 
you've got to re, uh, um, you get the Dem out there who's afraid and, and doesn't want to debate the Republican going for governorship, the governor race. That hurts Kelly down the line. It hurts all Dems in, in that state. So let's watch this. We are now 2.5% on the average in Arizona. I was sliding this to the Dems automatically, as you know, the last couple times we chatted. But I'll be here to watch it for you, and I'll be on next week to discuss this. Or, of course, if we get a ton of polls before that, I'll be on before that. Let's go to Wisconsin, where Barnes, uh, the Democrat, is trying to beat the incumbent Johnson, who's a Republican. So, again, Republicans have Wisconsin. and But now, Barnes had a actually a very decent lead, three, four, five point lead there. Johnson has taken over the lead. And the last polls, so let me give you the last five polls since we've been, I've been with you. Johnson by two, Johnson by five. We have a tie, Johnson by one, and Johnson by six. That's the Republican Johnson now consolidating his group. Has a decent lead there of 2.8. Still super tight. Still within the, the, the margin of error. But a 2.8 lead by Johnson where Barnes had that exact lead before. So Johnson's starting to get his group back together. So again, we have a Republican push in Arizona. We have a Republican push in Wisconsin. Let's go to North Carolina, where we have Bud, who's who's going for an election in North Carolina versus Beasley, the Democrat. Bud, uh, who's held, held on to a pretty steady lead here of a couple points. Uh, let me read you the last five or six polls. I got Bud by three, Bud by three. Bud by three. I have a tie, a Bud by one. And now just recently, uh, we haven't had a poll in a while there. North Carolina, we have a Bud by six. Now, is that an outliner? I don't know yet. I'm going to find out. Um, so right now, Bud, the Republican, which this is a Republican seat in North Carolina, is up by two and a half. So very similar to Johnson's 2.8 in Wisconsin. Now, that last poll of six, was that an outlier or not? Or are we going to start to see Bud run away with this? Or is this going to tighten? We've got to watch North Carolina. So again, Bud up by two and a half, a Republican seat and a Republican leading. Let's go to Ohio, which has been an absolute travesty for the candidate there. You have a candidate, Vance, as the Republican. Not a great candidate. Not a great candidate going against Ryan, the Democrat. Okay, so we talked about it last time that... Um, the governor's running there, and I'm going to actually get you the governor's uh, number here. Hang with me for a sec, guys. Uh, we're going to go to Ohio. Okay, so we we got DeWine there, Mike DeWine, who's the governor, um, good candidate, has a 18-point lead now, 18-point lead on the Democratic candidate, so the Republican, Mike DeWine, leading by 18 points, but we, we discussed it last time. Vance having about a one-point lead. How is that humanly possible? Think how bad of a candidate you have to be when your governor, who's running for re-election, is up by 18 points, and you're only up by one point, and you're Republican in the state of Ohio, which is moving, moving red. So let me give you the last five polls. Vance, uh, the Republican by one, Vance by two, Vance by three, Vance by two, Republican advanced by four. Okay, so we see a three, a two, and a four in the last couple of polls. This gets Vance now up to 2.4%. We haven't seen Vance in that two number, so now we have him up around 2.4. A little movement for Vance. They had a, a nasty debate there. Uh, I think Vance did, you know, did okay. I think they both did all right. 
But Vance now getting to a 2.4 lead, adding about a point. So again, Republican movement, there's a Republican seat, and obviously Vance trying to keep this seat for the Republicans. Maybe a gain of about a point there in Ohio. Now we go to the worst candidate the Dems have, which is Fetterman. This is a major, major, major problem for the Dems. I mean, Fetterman should not be running. I don't care if you're a Dem, and I don't care if you're a Republican, and listen, as much as the Democrats kill Republican candidates, the Republicans can certainly kill the Dems on this one. I mean, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Both sides have this issue, right? I hate this one. I don't like that one. With you with Walker, with you with Fetterman, bad candidates. Fetterman's a nightmare. I mean, Fetterman can't debate. He's having, he had a stroke. I'm sure you, you've heard by now. I mean, this certainly, I mean, you know, wearing hoodies. I mean, this is just a bad candidate. And what does he do? Oh, I'm going to give NBC News um, my first, uh, you know, my first chat. And basically, they put him on the news, right? And he makes NBC News, you know, have a, a closed-circuit TV so he can read the questions, so he can answer. Because he can't put his words together. He can't listen. He doesn't have the ability because of his stroke. God help him. Let's hope he gets healthy. But you're not a senatorial candidate. What are you doing? What are you doing? And again, each party makes brutal mistakes. And what's he going to do when he goes up to a debate? He's, you know, he's having a hard time putting his words together. And NBC crushed him. I mean, you can't have questions coming across the TV and take it. And NBC trying to cover for him. Because I understand NBC's super Democrat. I get it. But the covering up for him doesn't make sense. Everybody hears it, sees it. And with social media, it's just out in the open. So... I mean, Fetterman, we're talking about had a nine-point lead in Pennsylvania. A nine-point lead in Pennsylvania. This guy won his primary after having a stroke with no campaigning. Hasn't campaigned. And and by the way, has a debate coming up with Oz. Who, you know, love him, hate him. I don't like his politics, whatever. I love You know, everyone loved him when he was on a TV show, but no one likes him when he becomes Republican. But he's going to be a pretty sharp guy on TV, I'll tell you that much, right? We know that already. He's polished. And what's Fetterman going to look like? Fetterman's trying to get a closed caption TV to, to ask the questions. How could you? How could anybody vote for this guy? Now I'm not saying Oz is a better candidate, but I'm going to take you through. Um, there have been 18 polls in Pennsylvania. 18 polls in Pennsylvania. Do you know how many Dr. Oz has led? Zero. Zero. Fetterman has led. 18 polls. Now, yes, is there a million more voters in Pennsylvania for Democrats? Yes. Is it a Democratic state? Yes. But is there a is there a Republican senator that's retiring? Yes. This is a flip option for the Dems in a huge, huge way. They need Pennsylvania to hold on to the Senate. Now, Fetterman had a nine-point lead. It went down to an eight-point lead. It went down to a six-point lead. It went down to a five-point lead, Right? Let me read you the numbers. These are the last six or seven polls. Fetterman by three. Fetterman by four. Fetterman by two. Fetterman by six. Fetterman by two. Fetterman by two. Okay, so the last four polls, two, six, two, two. How tight has this gotten? 
Again, this is that momentum we talked about. Who has the lead? Who doesn't have the lead? Who has the momentum? Where's the public going? If the public moves two more points to, Dem to, to Republican, this race flips. This race flips and the Republicans hold this seat. Shockingly, 18 polls in a row, the Republican has been in the lead zero. Dems need that seat. They got a bad candidate, which leads us to the Republicans' bad candidate, Walker. We had chatted last time that I thought this Walker news would blow over a little bit. And has it? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's hot in Georgia, but I think it's blown over a hair. Again, these things don't last forever. These things don't last forever. Like Fetterman, that lasts forever because he can't do his job. He can't debate. He can't have discussions. can't be on the campaign trail. Now, Walker and Warnock, Senator Warnock, by the way, another one just like Arizona, two-year term going for a six-year term now, uh, had their debate, and everyone said, this is must-see TV. Everybody tuned in, and the thought was, wow, Walker actually did a decent job. <laughs> Walker did a decent job. What does that do for Walker? What does that do when he's buried and done and been buried by the, by the press? Well, when you actually do a decent job, that gives you some momentum back, doesn't it? Let me read you where we are in Georgia. I'm going to read you the last you know, five, six polls. Warnock by three. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to take you back. Remember, I talked about it last time, and I don't, I don't under, I don't agree with this poll. Remember, I said the poll came out the night that the news came out about Walker and abortion and on and on and his son, and everything else. That was a 12 point lead for Warnock. I'm going to throw that out. Okay, that was uh, that's not even in the average anyway. That's been taken out of the average. But let's go since then. Warnock by three. Warnock by two. Warnock by seven. Warnock by one. Warnock by two and a tie. Let's go through that again. Three, two, seven, one, two, and a tie. Warnock, what does that mean? Take the average. 2.4 lead right now on Walker. This is a this would be a hold for the Democrats. Remember, this is a hold now. The Democrats took this two years ago. So Warnock, 2.4 lead over Walker. Again, Walker's going to need a push in the last 20 days. Walker probably needs another one and a half points push towards the independent voter, towards Republican, to try to get this thing to a, a very close race. Very close race. Where does that lead everybody? So far, we have Dems up by one on a flip in Pennsylvania. We discussed Nevada last time. Huge race in Nevada, which popped up. Laxalt, the Republican, against Cortez Masto. Right, we have a lot of issue issues here too. Right, Nevada, we have the again Latino vote. You know, is it going Republican? No, but when you can pull thirty-five percent of the Latino vote, that makes a difference. This is why Nevada is in play. Latino vote has been moving slowly, maybe a half a percentage a year, but a half a percentage a year, you know, in in four years, right, is two points. What does that do? That changes almost every election in Nevada. A two-point swing. So let's go over the last six polls in Nevada. Laxalt by one. Laxalt by one. These are, I'm sorry, Laxalt's the Republican. And remember, this is a Democratic seat. Let's repeat. Laxalt, the Republican by one. Laxalt by one. Laxalt by four. Laxalt by three. Laxalt by two. Laxalt by two. And Cortez Masto, the Democrat, by two. Okay, that was the last poll. 
That's a USA Today poll, okay? So um, we have now a Laxalt, the Republican, trying to flip a seat to Republican side with a 1.7 point lead. Now, well, why do I bring up that congressional question early on? And I showed you that the Republicans have gained two points. Well, look, Laxalt's up 1.7. That's the difference. That's the difference. If we if the election was two, 10 days ago, Dems probably walk right in, right? But it's two weeks. It's it's two weeks later. It's ten weeks. It's ten days later. What happens in the next twenty days? So, and that's what we're going to be watching. I also want to take you through a, um, a little bit of. I know each party thinks that every poll. I put a poll out, and 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 I'll and let's say the poll is anti. You know, it's a it's it's a it's a Republican looks good in, in this poll. The Dems will will send me eighteen thousand messages saying, "Oh, that's a skewed poll." And it goes the other way, by the way, too. All right, so it works both ways. Let me just take you through um, a uh, how the polls, because I always get this question, inside polling, aren't the polls underestimating Republicans for the past, you know, three elections? Yes, they have. Okay, let's take it by state, though. Now, this has been a, um, this was done, which is how many, what taking today where the polls are today when we look at 2020's election 2018's election and we look at 2016 election how did the polls change versus the final result and what i mean by that is who was underestimated in the polling numbers at 20 days out in the past three big elections so in arizona the Republicans were underestimated. Well, I could say it the other way. The Democrats were overestimated in the polls with 20 days out versus the final result by about 1.3 points in Arizona, right? So we think about that. I take it back to that Arizona number, right? Which is, let me get that real quick for you. Kelly has a lead of 2.5. If the Dems are overestimated by 1.3, wow, that's a one-point win for Kelly, right? So let me take it to Nevada. At about this time, the the Republicans are overestimated. Republicans are overestimated in Nevada by about a point. And what is what is Laxall up by right now? 1.7. Think about how tight that is. Under a point. If that holds true. And the polls are wrong in that way again. How are the polls wrong in Pennsylvania with 20 days out in the last three elections? They've overestimated the Democrats by five points. Five points. Now, Oz is down by, let's get you the exact number of right now. Oz is down by 3.2. Now, do we now remember Trump was on two of these tickets? So this is tough to, to look at. But again. Get the the, GO, the the Republicans being underestimated by five points. Is that possible this time? Is it four points? Is it three points? I mean, this is where this is where things get super super tight. Are the polls wrong? Are they underestimating the Republican voters again or not this time? Since Trump's not on the ticket. And just to take you through, um, Georgia, the Republicans are overestimated by about 0.3 points. It's a pretty exact poll. So again, 
That's interesting. North Carolina basically overestimates Dems by about five points in North Carolina. Florida, it's four points. Wisconsin, it's four points. And in Ohio, it's eight points in the last three elections the polls have missed by. Putting, again, overestimating Dems. So we have to kind of look at this. Are the polls right this time? Are they wrong? Are they traditionally averaged out by giving Republicans a couple extra points? Well, that couple extra points, as I just rolled through all those polls, make a huge difference. Huge difference. So, guys, with that, we've got Biden holding still. We've got the Republicans making a slight run now with a couple-point lead, right, a two-point lead nationally on that question, generic question. We've got the Senate seats tightening even more, Republicans squeezing maybe a point out in these Senate seats, maybe gaining one point. But again, is 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 it going to be one point a week? Is it going to be one point every two weeks? And will one more point matter? Will that push them over or not? So I just want to take you to the House, just to, just touch on it real quick. Right now, with the statistics that are out there live right now, it's a 75% chance the Republicans are going to win the House. 75%. Now, just so you know, that's up. That's up seven points from last time I was with you. Seven points, okay? that The Republicans are, are, are favored by more than seven points than the, than the last time I was with you 10 days ago. 75% chance when they win the House. The the statistical analysis on the forecast of using all the different polling companies that come out, the Republicans have a 39% chance to win the Senate. The Democrats have a 61%. Again, Democrats sitting in a good position here, right? I mean, if it ended today, the Democrats are probably going to win the Senate or at least hold the Senate, a 50-50 Senate, let's say, which again, Gives the, gets the Democrats the House with the tie-breaking vote by, by Vice President Harris. So again, guys, very interesting. We've got the House moving seven points to Republicans. And this number, by the way, is also seven points higher for the Republicans on the Senate. So they, they've gained seven points in the Senate. They've gained seven points in the House. They've gained two points in the, in the overall question. And so the forecasts are leaning slightly more Republicans. The last time I was with you, and Biden's numbers have held in the congressional questions, and the Senate has also tightened up for Republicans. That's where we are. It's October 19th. I'll probably be with you next week when we'll be about two weeks out, and I think we're really going to be able to see where we are. Can Dr. Oz catch Fetterman? Can Fetterman hold Dr. Oz off in some of these states like Arizona, some of these states like Nevada? Wow. So great uh, being with you today, everyone. Thanks for all the new listeners. Thanks for all my loyal listeners too, guys. I love you all. I want you all to be safe and I will be seeing you guys very, very soon and, uh, and keep watching the politics, guys. We'll chat with you soon. Take care.